2020 has been a year like none other. Today, we take a journey of reflection through some of the best conversations on the Revenue Growth Podcast. You'll hear from J.J. Peterson, Matt Dixon, Meredith Elliott Powell, and more as we reflect on the lessons from this past year. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping generous companies grow revenue. As we get ready to round the corner into a new year, I want to wish everyone a happy and prosperous 2021. You know, 2020 has been full of challenges. Throughout the year, we've been encouraging each other to drive and thrive. We've all been working hard with a positive mindset. And so many have learned to see change as an opportunity instead of a threat. Throughout the year, we have had incredible conversations with thought leaders and practitioners in marketing and sales, and it has been a privilege and a joy to share these conversations with you. Today, we're going to take a tour through some of the best of with excerpts from some of our favorite thought leaders. So join us as we dive into excerpts from the best conversations from 2020 after a word from our sponsors. Early in the year, we learned about adapting our message from our friend J.J. Peterson, co-host of the Story Brand podcast, now the Business Made Simple podcast. We had a great conversation about empathy and how to integrate both empathy and authority into our message. Everything a business does is about solving problems for the client. That's it. The only reason people are coming to you is to solve their problem. So keep solving their problem. And they may have different problems now, but you are still in the business of solving problems and you can still do that. Excellent. Oh, man, I just want to stand up and applaud. <laughs> like, so, so true. And I, I mean, I've, my, I've said for years, no one has ever bought a product from your company. I tell my clients this all the time. No one's ever bought a product. They buy an outcome. They buy a solution to a problem. And, you know, and it's interesting because if you look, you know, whatever, whatever sector of the market that you're in, whatever you do, um, you know, your products probably stayed the same. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, there may be some nuances in how you deliver it, such as what you've been talking about, but the outcomes that people want, the problems that they need solved mm-hmm. are different today than they were, um, you know, 90 days ago. Yeah. And they're probably going to be different into the future. And I think, you know, looking at the, at the moving forward, not pressing pause side of this and thinking about the business as it goes forward JJ, I think this is a really um, good, maybe even favorable time or certainly a critical time to yeah. think about how we need to shift our message yeah. as we go forward. 
And the shift may not be around the products we saw sell, but they should be around the problems that we solve. And that's what the message should have been about all along anyways, right? Yeah. And the, I think the other thing that needs to shift right now is, um, you know, in the story brand framework, when we teach people how to create messaging, we, one of the big shifts is you are not the hero of your story. Right. right. Yes. Your customer is. Right. And so you need to create messaging that actually invites customers into a story. So the role that you play in that story is not hero, but you play the guide. So mm-hmm. you are the Obi-Wan Kenobi to their Luke Skywalker. You yes. are Gandalf to their Frodo. <laughs> they are on this epic journey, overcoming problems, trying to become something new. And it's your job to help them along the way. Yes. And what we teach about that is then the way that then you speak about yourself in messaging mm-hmm. has to come out of two categories only, empathy and authority. So you have to have empathy for your customers' problems in that you have to say, we understand what you're going through, primarily either because you've felt it yourself mm-hmm. or you've, held, you've worked with other people who have felt this. So really empathy. Um, and Brene Brown you know, talks about empathy being where like sympathy is when somebody falls into a well and you look down and you say, I'm so sorry. And empathy is where you climb down into the well with them, right? And so... Mm-hmm. That's where empathy comes from. And then it's, I am like you. I feel what you're feeling. And then authority is that I've helped other people through the same situation. Mm-hmm. I have a plan. We've done this before. We've, uh, we, you know, you can look at testimonies. You can look at my statistics. We've done this. And so we are competent to solve your problem. So yep. in the guide space in your messaging, you should only be speaking from empathy and authority as it relates to your customer's problem that you're solving. What a great segment from JJ. Another one of my favorite marketing and sales authors is Matt Dixon, co-author of The Challenger Sale and The Challenger Customer. Matt shared his perspective on what salespeople and marketers should be considering as we work to recover and grow revenue. He coached us to make sure we were selling to the right person. You know, and at the time it was um, it was early in 08 and we were starting to explore topics um, and I don't even remember what we were going to go study, but suddenly like the world fell apart right. and Lehman Brothers collapsed and the whole world just went to went to hell. And so we quickly pivoted. We had already put in a couple of months of work on a totally different study, but we pivoted because a lot of our clients were saying, look. Um, the thing I need help with now is not the thing I told you two months ago when you surveyed me and we're trying to find the research topic for the year. What I need help with now is, is sort of solving this mystery or coming up with some insight as to like, why right now in this awful sales environment, when, when we are all missing quota by a very wide margin, why is it that some of my folks are still finding success and they're bringing in um, deals that we would be happy to have um, in the best of times. And they're doing mm-hmm. it in the teeth of the downturn. So was it, what is it that they figured out that maybe we can isolate and then um, teach everybody else to do or export to, to the core of the sales force? And so that you know, completely reoriented the research. Um, we, uh, we went out, we launched a global study. We started with about 6,000 um, uh, salespeople, I believe, were in the study. And then by the time I left CEB, you know, 10 years later, we had collected data on uh, probably a half a million B2B salespeople around the world. Wow. In the the findings we found, um, what was interesting is it it was a story about selling in the downturn. And actually, to your point, you open up the book, 
it really does come across that like, I mean, in the very first page, it's like, wow, this is, if you think of an analog to what we're going through right now, it was 0809, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, sales leaders and, and your listeners can remember if those were really dark days, uh, they and, were. and it was, this was a, a window into what we might do differently to be, to emerge successfully and maybe uh-huh. even accelerate out of it. What the story evolved into, I think after the downturn was, you know, it was actually less a story about selling in a tough economy. And it was more a story about selling complex solutions to information empowered customers. And I uh-huh. think what, what ends up happening is, you know, these moments like 0809 or right now during the pandemic, what we see is like these big spikes in behavior that has always kind of been there that our customers have exhibited. But suddenly it's just it's just amped up in a way that it just really eats into our conversion rate and our ability to bring deals across the finish line, whether that's, you know, um, the customer's risk aversion or their um their, their unwillingness to change off the status quo and go with a risky solution, which they may have been unwilling to do anyway, but right now, or in 0809, they're really unwilling to do, or consensus uh, consensus uh, decision-making, right? It's always kind of been there in B2B sales, and it's been growing every single year, and I know we want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then when things get really tough, like in 0809, we saw this huge spike in the number of people who would show up at the table right. on a purchase decision, you know? And I, I think the same thing's happening now. We're we're seeing this ourselves in, in, I work for an AI venture out of Austin and we, uh-huh. we see this in our own business. The number of people showing up to weigh in on a purchase decision has literally doubled just in the past month. Along with changes in buyer behavior, one of the hot topics of 2020 was sales and marketing alignment. Another one of my favorite conversations from this past year was with my friend Christian Grasso. We talked about how to align sales and marketing along with other company functions around the customer. You know, it's interesting when you bring your car in for alignment and, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I happen to have two brothers who are mechanics and understand all this. I did not get that gift. Uh, but I do know enough that uh, when you bring your car in for alignment, they put it up on the rack um, and they shine the light and they try to get those tires of a laser or something going on there. They're focused at a point on the wall um, and they want to get all those tires pointed in the same direction. I think the point on the wall for business that we've got to focus on is the client. And I, I would say the ideal client, the one you really, really want to get more of and serve. And, uh, but that, that requires, you know, I, I think we're all looking down instead of looking out the window. We sh- we're looking down finances, looking at the spreadsheets, operations, looking at the schedule um, and inventory marketing's looking at, you know, all the shiny objects of marketing and, you know, and sales is kind of thrown out there going, Hey, talk to the, talk to the customer and make all this work. And so I do really appreciate your perspective of saying, let's get, let's get sales in the conversation. Let's, let's let sales, um, drive, but really I think it's, let's let sales invite this client perspective into the entire business so that, you know, we can align around sales. And, and it's interesting because it's really not sales and marketing alignment. It's really sales, marketing, and operations alignment. Yeah. The finance is underneath all of it, supporting it. Uh, but that experience that operations delivers is um, either going to, you know, it's either focused on the client or is pulling off to the left. And, um, you know, this is, 
this is a really, really good perspective. And you see this on the front lines. You're, you're involved every day in sales leadership. You're involved in trying to steer, um, you know, clients through these rough waters. As at the beginning of the crisis, you said, yeah. it's a storm. We're all in the storm together, but we're all in different boats. I really appreciate yeah. that perspective, by the way. I've quoted you many times on wow. that. Yes. But uh, yeah, this this concept of alignment that we're talking about today is very, very powerful. Um, and I think it requires leadership to cast that vision and pull that all together. But it also, and accountability, because there is a time, you know what, when we're disaligned or unaligned, which would be the right word anyway, it would be when we're disaligned? not aligned. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you call it, you just know it when it's happening, right? Yeah. Out of alignment. We typically don't know. Because we're looking where we're looking and we think it's right. It's when outside force goes, um, you, need to, you need to come in here. And I know that back to the, the tires, they don't feel it. Kind of like pruning a tree. You don't hear them scream. But it is mm-hmm. painful to get pushed back. I don't know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Ow! Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that's the key is to not be so tunnel vision that it's just about me. Same thing with sales. You can't do that. And one of the... I guess I, I struggle with it because in, in sales, I'm constantly looking at other things. I'll give you an example. I got sent a bunch of stuff and it's a, uh, actually it was 15 single packages that was on, on FedEx, 15. Why didn't they take that and put it in one box? The cost would have been down 90%. Right. That's how I think. And I'm like, oh gosh, if we're counting costs, somebody needs to help this guy realize like somebody did this. Yeah. Well, well is it all going to the same address? Okay, will it all fit in one box? Yeah. How much would that save? Because each one of those packages costs money, but it's all going to the same place and they can fit in a small box. Those are the kind of things that, and I guess that's kind of an ownership mentality, and I know that's been around mm-hmm. for years, where, you know, extreme ownership, you, you take it. You, it's yours. I, I, you know, ultimately, right, if we don't have revenue, there's not going to be growth, and if we don't have growth, it's going to affect me if I'm in that organization. What a great conversation with Chris. Another favorite guest was Meredith Elliott Powell. She talked about how to thrive in uncertainty. She gave us practical ideas on how to flex and change proactively. Meredith also gave us a powerful framework to anticipate change so we can take advantage of emerging opportunities. But I think the other piece that really goes very strongly with that is that you can't be Pollyanna. It's not all about the vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the most important things that you need to do with strategy is that you need to realize that your strategy needs to flex and change. And the way that it flexes and changes is you need to anticipate the changes coming in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we know is that the way that we sold at the beginning of the year can't be the way we sell now, won't be the way we sell in first quarter, won't be the way we sell at the end of the year. But the problem with change is we wait for change to show up and you need to be proactive about it. You need to be thinking consistently at least every month about the changes coming in your marketplace and asking yourself, what do we need to be doing to take advantage of that? Every sales and marketing person listening to this podcast you know that in the next year, there are going to be mergers and acquisitions. There are going to be industries that you sold into that aren't going to make it. There are going to be new ones that are popping up. There are going to be opportunities for products and services that you haven't even created yet. And you have to ask yourself, are you going to be ahead of that curve? 
wow, it's the old surfboard, right? In front of the wave or under the wave. And, and it's just, the waves are coming in pretty often right now. And, um, you know, I, it's one of the things that I've, I've really appreciated. I had the opportunity to share some time with you a couple of weeks ago, and you talked about developing this cadence in your business and even maybe in your, your personal life as well, where, where you just sit down on a regular basis and you ask yourself some questions um, that are going to help you get in front of the change or at least identify it so that you're maybe catching some waves rather than getting swamped. Uh, refresh me on what some of those questions were because they were so rich. Yeah, it's just a tool that I call a skeptic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are a leader listening to this, understand this is one of the most powerful ways you can give, um, you can can really build a team that wants to change. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know that's almost an oxymoron, right? Right. Because people don't like to change. But this tool really puts it into place. And it's just a matter of, spending time every month and asking yourself, what changes do we see happening in society? What changes do we see happening um, with competition? What changes do we see happening economically, politically, with technology, with industry, and with customers? And then what, if any of those changes, do we need to be paying attention to now? I'll give you a great example. I, you know, Speaking of the banking industry, I was working with a um, group of bankers. And we were talking about what shifts and changes they see. And in technology, they're seeing a lot of their older customers um, moving to mobile banking, something mm-hmm. that they didn't think would ever happen. So they're now they're going to work with their IT department to expand some of those services, but they think it's a real opportunity for them to boost sales mm-hmm. in, um, in 2021 because their competitors are not noticing that trend. Right. Yeah. And I think that that mindset of of saying, okay, let's not bury our head in the sand and hope nothing changes. Let's just expect that things are going to change and let's change equals opportunity. It's so funny when we're doing, you know, we do revenue growth plans for clients. Sometimes we'll go through a SWOT analysis, just, you know, just good old fashioned SWOT analysis. And it's always interesting how the things that are opportunities or threats really could be in either column, depending yes. on how you look at it. And it's, um, I think this mindset right now of change equals threat, um, if you can flip that to change equals opportunity, um, that may be the biggest decisive factor on who's going to succeed in this next season. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think it's a matter of do you, but do you have a process that allows you to, to do that. I mean, it's sure we can all, like a lot of us made an opportunity out of this pandemic, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways we were we were treading water just trying to get our head above. So you won't see every change coming, but if right. you can identify and spot the changes coming in the marketplace and for sales and marketing professionals, one of the biggest trends that you're going to see is your competition is going to shift and your customers are going to shift and technology is going to shift. Mm-hmm. And if you can focus on really seeing the shifts ahead of time, you have so much time to really take advantage of those. I mean, mergers and acquisitions are going to be some of the best sales opportunities because no merger ever goes well. So it's your time to pounce (laughs) on your competitor, you know? And, you know, if your competitor is... um, you know, if, if you've got new technology and really, I really think that the communication needs to improve between operation sales and 
um, and marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. sales is the engine that really understands what's going on with the customer. And the mm-hmm. more you can communicate that to technology, the more you can communicate that to marketing, the more effective they can be in helping you be effective. Wow, what great advice. Thank you, Meredith. And thank you to every guest who invested in us throughout this year. We learned a lot in 2020. I encourage you to go back through the podcast episodes to find things that you can apply to your success in 2021. I also encourage you to take time over the holiday to reflect on what you've learned this past year. These are the lessons that are going to help us thrive in the new year. I want to say a sincere thank you to you for being a part of the podcast this year. If you like what you're learning on the show, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a review on the podcast platform where you listen. This helps us spread the word. We have a lot of exciting things coming in 2021, and I'm looking forward to being there with you as we craft a successful future together. Enjoy the holiday, and as we always say, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.